welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a bonus episode of the Money Purpose series. Today, our guest is John Huang. John Huang is a mentor, an investor, and a CEO and founder of Rainier Arms, a multi-million dollar tactical supplier to law enforcement, military, and avid enthusiasts. Join me in welcoming John to the show, and let's dive into it. Hello, and welcome back for Money Purpose Series. I'm so thankful that you are here today. And I'm super excited for you to hear from our guest today. He is a mentor of mine, and he's the first mentor that I've learned the money principles, the basic of money for my own self and my, for my own family. Um, I've known John now, I think, over five or six years. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. I'm and. Wise. He, um, his wife, Angela, has been an amazing mentor for me as well. She's taught me what does it mean to be, you know, someone behind a business owner and a strong-willed person. And I am just really admired this couple. And I really wanted to bring John on to speak about money is because he's, like I mentioned, he's the first one who I learned it from. But not only that, for many of you guys that don't know John, he is the business owner of... Um, is that Trigger? Oh, no, it's Rainy called Arms. Rainy Arms. Uh-huh. He's the business owner of Rainy Arms. Uh, He's also an investor. He's also have multiple uh, streams of income that he have built on this side. And he's also a mentor. I have been following his Facebook page where he talks about six Saturdays and what does that mean to have six Saturdays? What does that mean to really educate yourself on investing and finances and all of those good stuff? And welcome and thank you so much for being here today. I'm so honored. Uh, I'm, I'm so thankful to have uh, to be on with your show. And uh, I watched one or two of your podcasts and, and really learned a lot. So I feel honored to be a guest of yours and I, I'm honored to be your friend and your mentor. So I, I mean, I, I feel kind of embarrassed when you say you're, I'm your ment. I mean, you're, I'm your mentor because I don't know if I necessarily deserve that, com- uh, deserve that kind of title, but I am certainly thankful and honored to be here. So I'm looking forward to today. It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, I do look up to you and all the principles that you have taught me about money. I still kept till nowadays, and I think it's important to know that none of us are self-made, that we always have mentors a long way that is helping us, holding our hand. It's not necessary for the whole life, but for some season of life when you really need that mentor, it's mean a lot and it can completely change the, the trajectory of your life and the way you look at life and just unlearn all the things that you were taught before. So That's right. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm very grateful for you still looking up nowadays to to you and Angela and all the amazing things that you guys doing. Awesome. So walk us back a little bit, maybe for peop- the audience that is watching um, sure. your relationship with money and mm-hmm. how you became a business owner and were able to just pivot straight and have that mentality and toughness to just you know, grow and at the same time staying so humble. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think one of the biggest challenges um, that a lot of people my age, I'm in my 50s now, early 50s, but when we immigrated to the United States, uh, our greatest motivator was being poor, right? Um, 
maybe maybe you might relate maybe some of your audience will relate but we were so poor uh, not only were we poor but we were uh, uh, uneducated in the states meaning my, my dad was a educated man in korea he went to seoul university which is kind of like harvard in korea so he was very smart had a great job but when we came to the united states he worked cleaning parks right mm. uh he state parks he went around and cleaned them and my wife uh my not my wife my mother used to work at a a flower shop uh you know doing minor things so we grew up with really nothing my parents worked all day we had five kids so we had uh when i say uneducated meaning we didn't really even know what government assistance was right so uh we didn't even know we qualified for free free lunches so mm. from second grade to like junior high school i didn't eat lunch at school and i had so much pride i didn't ask my friends for food you know every once in a while they'll give me an apple or something but they just thought i was the kid who was never hungry during lunch time but as anybody who knows young kids at that age you're starving all the time right <laughs> and so i was uh, extremely uh you know grew up extremely poor and and one of the stories i always share is when i was so when i was young we didn't have we never had socks we, my parents couldn't afford socks so i always went around with no socks and uh, not only did i not have socks i didn't have good shoes it wasn't leather shoes it was vinyl shoes from like payless or something so my feet would just swell up and and get all stinky and i i'd lost all my footprints i know it's a disgusting story but it's one of those where uh wherever i would go to another person's house especially an asian person's house you'd have to take off your shoes yeah. and go in and then people like man what is that smell right it's my feet that's what it smells <laughs> you know and it it's such a trauma to me if you saw my uh dresser drawer now i mean there's so many socks you'd like holy moly what's in here you know <laughs> i will never ever run out of socks ever and it's <laughs> it's one of those childhood traumas and i think childhood things of not having money so when you say what motivates me it's because i was tired of being poor you know um i was tired of not being able to do the boy scouts because i didn't have money i was tired of not being able to go to my 5th grade camp because i didn't have money i was tired not to be able to play sports because i didn't have money and so my parents i loved them they tried their best but uh i wanted i knew i mean my my goal wasn't even to be rich my goal was can i just want to be average i just want to be normal please jesus let me just be normal right and so that was my biggest motivator uh, of um you know of making money and and early on i i thought you know in growing up in the 80s i thought you know a tie and a briefcase i mean that was kind of the picture perfect mm-hmm. thing that we saw you guys have a lot of examples of, of millennial business owners but When I was growing up it was all about you dressed up in a suit and you had a briefcase, you know? <laughs> That was your sign of success. So I, you know, I remember graduating college, I remember getting a briefcase and <laughs> I remember going to work, you know, getting a corporate job and I thought, man, I finally made it. I get to go to a corporate job, yeah. I get a nice salary. And uh, that's kind of what got me started into, you know, learning more about money and and, and all of that. Yeah. But then eventually you transition into something is bigger which is becoming your own boss mm-hmm. starting off in a garage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and doing things you know by yourself and having your wife support you That's right. So 
you were doing not that bad. You mm. had a corporate wor- job and mm. you were having that briefcase that you always wanted. Mm. So what would be the motivation to do such a big move and get so uncomfortable? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I didn't start off that way right away. I mean, I I started a, um, I got in. I was introduced to business because my parents ran a, a small little restaurant, and at the time I was I would just finished school, and I had my corporate job. I started making pretty good money, and my mom got breast cancer, and mm. when she when she got sick. Uh, being the first son of an Asian family, you're just kind of res- you're just kind of expected to to help the family, right? And what I know, if if I knew then what I know now, I probably would have just earned extra money and and gave them the money for support. But what I did, you know, I thought I did the responsible thing, which was to quit my job and go, you know, flip chicken at my mom's teriyaki business <laughs> and. Uh, looking back, that was a huge mistake. I mean, mm. I was making a thousand dollars a month, um, working sixty, seventy hours a week, and I, after the th- after the taxes, I was home with eight hundred and something, right? So mm. I was married at the time. I couldn't even support my wife, you know, making a thousand dollars a month. But at least you can bring chicken home. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, chicken up to my elbows. <laughs> and uh, but what what happened though? Because of that, I, I got a taste of business, you know. Mm. Um, we ended up not having enough money. And so we ended up doing some subway businesses and, and my brother got involved and we all tried to run the business, mm-hmm. but ultimately it, it failed. Um, my brother left, uh, to go to seminary and I was stuck with a tremendous amount of debt at the time. I mean, now it's not a big deal, but back then it was a hundred thousand dollars. And I thought, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm never going to get out of this hole. And so I, I, I got, um, it wasn't really a, it wasn't really a job. It was, um, it was definitely, I owned my own business, but it was an insurance business. And I started, I started that business and I grew that and I did that. I did that and it was, it was good, but I, I was, I, I I started becoming hungry. Like I wanted more out of life. And I started having bigger dreams, uh, thinking, you know, I know, I, I know there's more. And I, that's around that time is when I started to get into uh, reading books. And mm. so that's, that's critical in my opinion is to really start shaping and changing the way you think, right? You, you only think one way because of all the information that's been given to you, whether on TV, by your parents, by your friends at school, but our, our, our brains are like a computer, right? I mean, a child knows, doesn't know hate. The child doesn't know racism. He doesn't know anything, Yeah. but whatever the child is given, you know, into their brain, they become programmed to a certain way. And so I started programming my brain mm. uh, into everything I wanted to be. And so I started reading every book I could find about success, any book I can find about money. And then what happened uh, naturally was my dream started to get a little bit bigger. I started mm. dreaming a little bit bigger. Is it possible? Oh boy, I'm not working hard enough. I need to work harder. You know, all of these small things that I, in the past, I thought, oh, I'm working, I'm working fine. I'm working 40 hours, 50 hours. I'm doing great. But when I read these books and and I listened to interviews by, you know, very successful entrepreneurs, I mean, they talk 60 to 80 hours a week. I'm thinking, do they actually work 60 (laughs) to 80 hours a week? I didn't think that was possible when my brain wasn't there, right? Right. But eventually my brain uh, switched. And um, 
And then I started doing those daily habits of what all the successful people do. Mm. And those little habits just kept on adding on and on. And I had my insurance business that was doing really well. But I started a side business at, the, uh, you know, even when I got home. So I, I would work all day long, go home, and I would work on this internet business, right? And mm. so it just slowly grew and slowly grew. And, and uh, you know, it's, it, it, obviously today it's, um, I do an international business. I have a trade show. I, I do uh, multiple things. And um, it all started from just increasing the way I thought. and. Mm. It doesn't happen over overnight. Uh, my dreams, you know, wasn't always uh, as big as they are now. They start very small. Uh, I remember my first dream was, man, someday I want to be able to buy my wife a car. You know, I mean, that was one of my dreams. Yeah. And, you know, it's like uh, you, you, when you're able to achieve that, then your dream can get a, a little bit bigger, you know. Right. And, um, and, and now my dreams are just massive. It's just massive. No, I absolutely love it. And I love the part that you share. And I want to highlight it is because it started small and you were focusing on that whatever dream that you had to continually keep you going. And you didn't look way too far ahead of yourself and you just just being focused. And this platform that I've created, I wanted to be a place where me as millennials be a um, I was be a bridge between generation like yours and the wisdom and the basics that you had to share with generation that is coming after me, which is, you know, either late 20th or generation Z and Y coming after is that you need to look back to some of the basics because we're growing so fast with internet and the information just bombarded us and we missed the basics, right? And you mentioned that you didn't look your dreams were not that big. You you were just a little bit ahead of what you thought you can and you were able to achieve it. And I think it's crucial too because nowadays with social media and just uh, media in general, you get bombarded with young people with cars, mm-hmm. big houses, purses, or whatever brand name is, right? Mm-hmm. And we think that, well, that's a success. That's a success mm. and we want to be there. And it, you forget that it takes hard work. It takes all the sweat and tears to actually mm. achieve that. But mm. in our brain, it's conditioned like, well, if I can get that car and take a picture with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm pretty successful. Kind of like yeah. in your days, you were saying mm. having a briefcase and yeah. a suit. Yeah. Um, it's more than just a picture, right? Like, what does it take to actually get there? And how many hours you actually have to spend to do that. And I think those are the wisdom that I wanted to be able to really bring on and share with the audience is that sometimes we fail ourselves because we look too far out of ourselves and we don't Mm. really see what is in front of us. We don't Mm. see the opportunities that we can Mm. do and grow because we're dreaming of something that is way farther and and then we give up because it seems too far. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, the the thing I really am so appreciative of you, of you Mimi, is that ever since I've known you, you've been super hungry um, and super curious, more, more so than just about anybody that I know. And um, because of your curiosity and because of your hunger, 
um, I know you haven't, uh, you know, achieved all the success uh, that you're capable of. I know you're capable of, of a lot more, but I have no doubt you're going to achieve it because uh, most, in my opinion, most of the young people today, uh, they don't have the hunger or the desire that you have. And so every everybody's direction may be different. Like your direction might, you might start here and you might go this way, you might try this and you might try that. But eventually you will find what works for you. You will eventually find what you really enjoy doing that will, you know, that ultimately will serve enough people, will solve enough problems and, and then the money will follow. And so uh, when, when I hear you and and see you like chasing after your dream it's it's inspiring to me and and i i really wish you know my children could have that kind of passion and that kind of that kind of hunger you know so i'm really proud of you thank you thank you for that endorsement and it makes me very humble because i i i think of myself is that i just have to learn and i just have to try and i'm still not where i want to be but i I'm very humble in, in terms of that I have an ability to do this. I have enough health and computer and internet to able to reach or learn something that I want. And that's really what I'm always write down on my first thing in the morning. What I'm grateful for is my abilities to that's think, awesome. to create. And that's all really I have. Because, I mean, you can have money and you can lose money. But if you know how to make it or you mm-hmm. can create it mm-hmm. and learn the discipline behind it then you can do more so that's, that's right. what is really keep me going but i'm really humbled by your opinion and thank you for that well no speaking problem. of children mm. so you said that your main motivation was because you were so poor and you were sick and tired of being poor mm. so you decided to be the first person of changing that mm. trajectory for your family and your future kids so that's now right. your kids are not that poor anymore right and <laughs> that's right <laughs> Yeah. They don't dream of the briefcase and suitcase to going, or they might. But mm. how are you implementing the things that you have taught yourself, that your parents have taught yourself, to teach them about basics of money and just working hard with nowadays technology and with what you're seeing? And you are pretty intact with what is going on around the world in terms of technology, social media, internet, and all of the, in you know, cryptocurrency, you are known all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, but how do you educate yourself? Or, I mm. mean, how do you educate your kids around that and yeah. make them stay humble or work mm. harder? Yeah. Well, the hardest thing I, I would say is uh, I can't give the kids my drive, right? I can give them education, but I can't give them the drive. And that is the, uh, I think that is the toughest part of being successful is once you have made money and have no more wants, uh, your children grow up in a very comfortable life, yeah. right? Like, um, I mean, Noel's been to, my youngest daughter has been to more countries than most adults, right? Like, She's been to Hungary, Vienna, you know, lots of Asian places um, all over Europe. And and all of my kids have experienced things that an average person uh, probably has never experienced. So because of that, they don't think, oh, my God, I want this. I really want to buy this thing. How do I buy it? They don't really worry because mom and dad's got money and they'll probably buy it for me. Right. So uh, not that we spoil our kids we try not to but when you have money mm-hmm. 
when I travel, I don't always want to travel by myself or just with my wife, right? right. I want to also take my children. So, uh, you know, like, you know, when I have a nice car or if I have a Porsche or whatever, I want to share it with my children, right? Yeah. So it's just, it's just a natural byproduct of being successful. Uh, but the thing that I can give them is education. So we talk about money all the time. Mm. Um, I, I think a lot of poor people, uh, maybe that might sound really rude, but a lot of um, uh, average Americans or poor people, they don't talk about money. You know, that they don't, they don't discuss it. They think it's a, a bad thing. Uh, I talk about money all the time. I talk about schooling all the time. I talk about uh, businesses or jobs or all of those things we talk about all the time. The one thing I feel that I did very, very well is um, we have family dinners almost every mm -hmm. night. And, and most families don't do that anymore for whatever reason. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, we sit down at the family uh, dinner table and we talk uh, about what's going on in their life, what's going on here. And then obviously just a natural conversation that comes around work, right? Like this is my business. This is what we've done. Hey, guess what? I, 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 I had, I, I helped this client today and, and this client, uh, because of that, I, I made, you know, $30,000 or $40,000 or whatever the conversation that happens to be. And we talk about, think about how hard it is. Now, a lot of them, a couple of my boys are starting to work. They understand how hard it is to make $15, right? So, yeah. you know, when, when, when they can see some of that and a, a lot of the daily uh, practices that we talk about, it, it's, it starts becoming reality. The other thing that, I, that comes to mind is when, when my children were little, we did a road trip down to California and we rode the, we read the whole, I, I made them read out loud together in the car. We read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad together. Wow. They loved, they actually loved it and they learned a lot. And we, and during that drive down, uh, we were able to finish the book and we were able to talk about, you know, all of the various lessons in that book, mm -hmm. right? So we're always constantly talking about money, uh, talking about investments. Uh, my kids all have, you know, life insurance policies, a 401k, uh, you know, and, and things like that. And so they, they understand uh, what it takes. And right now, as a matter of fact, they're saving up so they can buy their first rental, both of Jordan and Jonah, they're wow. saving up to buy their first rental. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And why I wanted to ask you in that terms of, because the only thing you can really give them is education and Well, this is more personally for me. I feel a little unfair that things are too easy for us. Mm. <laughs> and I feel like it doesn't push us as millennials to work harder. I mm. kind of sometimes in the back of my mind, I think, I wish things are harder, that we're like really starving right now. Because mm. I feel like that will, for me personally, at least, it mm. will really push you to get out of your boundaries and like really do things. Mm. Do you do something to push them out of their comfort zone and intentionally push them or it's more just education and let them kind of float and figure it out yeah i mean obviously ultimately i i'm gonna need to push them right like they're starting to get a taste of that uh, my oldest son jordan uh he's he has 
obviously a few friends and majority of them are are not doing as well as him but he's got one friend in particular that got married early mm. uh, he spent a lot of time around me so he learned about uh money he was always curious i'm not saying he learned it all from me but he 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 every time he would come he would ask and mm. and come to my meetings and 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 ask questions and and all of that kind of stuff and he always was very curious about money and now he i mean he already owns two homes and he's wow 24 years old, right? And uh, just hustling, hustling, hustling kid. And so now Jordan gets to see, oh my God, this is my best friend. And, you know, he's taken a kind of a, he's taken a lot of advice and stuff from uh, of successful people and is doing very, very well. And I, he feels behind. And so we had a conversation just today, like, oh, what, dad, if I want to buy this rental house, what do I have to do? Well, you better, you better stop buying shoes. You know, <laughs> you better, you better, you know, stop spending money on your cars. You bet you better save everything you can between now and another year or so when the market's going to be down, you, you, you know, you should, you should easily, if you're living at home, you should easily be able to save, you know, another 15,000, $20,000. And I, I, I also told him, I said, look, you know, most people, they buy their first house to live in it. Mm. But I said, you're, you're not married. You don't, you, don't need, you don't need your own house. Why create an expense? We have a house large enough. Live at the house. Buy a rental home. And, uh, and create income for yourself mm. right away. And so these are little things that we're, we're you know, able to talk about. But to, to get back to what, what you talked about, it being so easy, I think the biggest challenge now, as you mentioned, is you see all these young people on social media making millions, right, in their drop shipping program yeah. and all the million things that they're selling. And it, it makes it seem like it is so easy, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe for a few people, it may be. I mean, I think it's easier today than it's ever been with the internet, right? Uh, we didn't have those types of opportunities when we were younger, but it's still extremely difficult for every person who succeeds in that. Uh, there's probably, you know, thousands of people who didn't succeed, but mm -hmm. that paid that paid the ninety nine dollars for for the person, you know, for the education, right? So it's um, it it gives this false sense uh, of that. And when people actually try, they realize how difficult it yeah. is. I, I'm sure you're, you're, you see, probably see a lot of that with millennials. And I've tried myself. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is a lot of people, they try uh, because they, they, they think it's easy. They might even buy a program and then they realize it's, it's not for them and they give up. Mm. And so I, I think that's the downside is that I see so many young people today kind of giving up. And then kind of living for today YOLO, right? And um, it's it's kind of sad to see that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I you totally called me out. I've tried many things, but at the same time, now as me building more focus, uh, focus on around podcasting and doing podcasting mm -hmm. as a service, I really can say that I don't regret trying those things because it's mm -hmm. a part of education that totally. I put in. and totally. I would want, you know, to ask you a question in your opinion around education system that it's mm -hmm. nowadays and we are living on the edge of time where more and more people seeing that, you know, traditional education system is not the way anymore. And even if it is the way, then you get yourself in the debt to be in online school, <laughs> being on Zoom, which kind of doesn't make sense. So. Mm -hmm. There's opportunities to educate yourself by spending maybe $99 online, which mm -hmm. not always fruitful. Mm -hmm. So, and you have kids that are graduated and like Noel is going to eventually mm -hmm. either have to choose to go to college or 
you know, or go untraditional, not traditional way. So what is your outlook on that? And I would say maybe one or two pointers for generation that is coming out at, that is about to graduate and about to really launch in life and thinking that, you know, I need to go to school or I might not because it's, it's a hard problem. And we're already seeing that traditional path is not all only the way. Mm, that's true. I, I, th I think uh, the hardest part for us, you and me being Asian American, is that ever since we were little, school was the most important yeah. thing, right? Like if you don't get straight A's, you're a retard, right? And you're going to get beat up by your mom and dad, <laughs> right? Like uh, I remember being compared to my cousins and stuff like, oh my God, John, I can't believe you brought home a B, right? Like <laughs> My, my cousin, you know, your cousins would never bring home a B. What's wrong with you? You brought. So I understand that whole dynamic concept of education being so important. But what I realized, you know, being 50 years old and um, I, I, I got my economics degree from the University of Washington, but I, I, I use some some of that stuff, but very little. Right. Um, my son, Jonah, is a perfect example. He just finished college. He did running start. So he did basically did two years of high school, did two years of college while he was in high school. So you wow. only had to do two years to graduate, right? So he just graduated college. And he, he started, uh, he started working, doing some uh, machining, he wants to learn how to do machining, right? Mm. Making parts and, and, and stuff. And, and he's like, Dad, why did I go to school? I, I'm not using any of that stuff. <laughs> I said, I know, son. I, that's why I told you education, formal education may not always be the most fruitful thing. Now, I'm not going to poo-poo all formal education. Yeah. There's some stuff that's, you know, if you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a nurse, you're going to be any of those things that require a degree, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. But I also think things like trade schools, like being an electrician or being a plumber mm -hmm. or any of those things, if you have an opportunity to do that, do that, yeah. you know? Or if you have a uh, if you have an opportunity to join the military, do that. Mm. Um, but I see so many people get this BS degree. Yeah. And I don't mean Bachelor of Science. I mean the other BS degree. <laughs> they get it. They spend a bunch of money, and uh, and it, they come out of school. Most people out of debt, in debt, right? Right. And that was the one thing I wouldn't let any of my kids do. I said, you can't get into debt. So you got to go to community college or, or get a scholarship or something and, and, and do it where you don't get into debt. Yeah. Because um, I think that is the biggest, biggest struggle is that kids go to school, they get, they get into debt, and now they're stuck. Yeah. They, they have to get a job. And, uh, and they're stuck. I think it, typically if they get into debt, they, they get pushed back maybe about 10 years of their yeah. life. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. yeah. So that's the downside of, of college. Well, besides being a husband and mm. dad, a rich dad, <laughs> um, and also the business owner, you also play a role of mentor and you teach others how they just think about money and how mm. they can create side hustles or mm. other streams of income. So from your perspective and experience of teaching and mentoring others, what would you say that people should be doing right now or maybe one or two pointers of what they can be doing right now to really be a little bit ahead of themselves after the pandemic happened? Because it's still happening. Some states are open, some states are not. Some countries are going through second or third wave, but we have so much time still. And what should we be doing to really be ahead of ourselves? Yeah, that's a great question, Mimi. 
The biggest thing is to do something, right? Like you mentioned, you hit the nail on the head when you said, "Hey, John, I'm guilty. I tried all. I, I tried a lot of these things, um, and now you know what works and what doesn't. You may not know what works yet, but you know what doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. So you're ahead of the game in comparison to a lot of other people. Majority of the stuff that I try." Um, I would say if I'm trying 10 things, maybe eight of them will be a total flop. Mm. And, and I'm still doing these things that are a continual flop. But you start fine-tuning the things that work for you, and you start getting better at the things that work for you, and you also grow thick skin, right? Yeah. Like when I, when I try something, I just kind of expect to fail, and I don't care. Like it's not it's not embarrassing anymore. It used to be. Used to I used be. to be I used to be deathly embarrassed, and I and when somebody would ask me about one of my failures, I would I would never want to talk about it. Right? Yeah. I was like, avoid the topic. Hey, let's talk about my one success that I had. Okay, <laughs> don't talk about my failures. But uh, now um, I really enjoy the failures because mm-hmm. I know it's part of the process. Yeah. And and I and and you hear a lot of successful people talking about that but when I was younger I didn't believe them I was like bull crap you're <laughs> you're full of crap nobody enjoys uh-huh. failure but I, I I will tell you that uh each time that I fail at something I I realize you know what I I took another chance I took another step forward and it, it it's amazing how you'll find yourself you, you develop more as a person yeah and you hear over and over again it's not it's not the process of becoming successful it's the grind mm. it's the it's the journey of becoming su- successful that is the true fruit like it's not about the money that i have in the bank account it's about who i have become as a person right and so when i mentor people now uh you know like Everybody's at a different stage, right? So, like, I, if, if we spent enough time together, Mimi, I might be able to give you some specific things to try. But even then, it won't always be the right answer. Because right. Here's, here's why. Like, when I went through the stuff that I went to to build my business, that was 15 years ago. So, in 15 years, the internet's changed. People have changed. Things have changed. So, if I try to do the exact same thing to start something today, it won't, it won't be the same success, same Mm -hmm. level of success. Mm -hmm. So even if somebody was successful three years ago and they give you advice, do exactly this and Mm. you try exactly that, you might not get the same results because you're a different person, the way you speak, everything is different. So the the main thing is to get concepts, you know, to grasp onto, okay, I understand about not quitting. I understand about uh, being consistent in my daily activity. I understand about these things and that's what I'm going to do. It's not about the exactly. People always tell you, I'll teach you step by step if you pay me $99. (laughs) Yeah, it's not about the how-tos. It's more about the attitude and really disciplines and principles of success. Because if you, if, I mean, I'm pretty sure you read more books and have more experience, but principle of success, they are the same and they haven't changed throughout the years. Not with That's internet, right. without the internet. The That's right. technicality and ways might be different, the how-tos, but the basics of you know, keeping your mind straight and focused, manifesting mm-hmm. right thing, that's pretty much stayed the same. So Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I knew that I wanted you to be on this interview because your wisdom is timeless. 
Even people are gonna watch it ten years from now. Oh, thank you. You're <laughs> It's so kind. It's still going to be timeless, and I really appreciate your time being with us here today and just sharing your thinking and your thoughts and really putting in, you know, different perspective. Because, like you mentioned, we both immigrant and we have a different idea about debt and、mm. grind and work, but. I think it's a great perspective to look into and learn from. So,、mm. well, how people can connect with you and learn more from you? Well, I appreciate that.、Um, I'm. I know it's just a matter of time for you to achieve major success, and so、uh, when that day happens, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna remember this podcast <laughs> and I'm gonna play it, and、uh, it's gonna be a great reminder for me of 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 you, you know, becoming and achieving greater and, and bigger things. I, I've seen that happen with a, a lot of people that you know I've been able to meet and mentor over the years, and and seeing their life change, and I'm excited to see your life change. So I, I, I'm thank you for having me on, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. And if you want to connect with John, he is on Facebook. I will leave the information below, and some here and there he will leave the、um, nuggets of wisdom. He shares his ideas on investing and his ideas about money and how. Sometimes he shares funny stories about how he spent money on his wife, <laughs> which I love. And you can learn so much wisdom from him. And go follow him. Oh, I also want to men- mention that. John is very、uh, active and involved in mentoring people. So he was one of the mentors that I actually reached out to through Facebook, and he messaged me back. And it was like, oh wow, like somebody actually messaged me back. So if you are looking for someone to really learn from and ask questions, reach out to John and ask him question. If he has time, he will answer it. <laughs> <Okay> . <laughs> Thanks, Mimi.、Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.